0: So I'm super, super excited about this episode. Backing up a little bit, before Carl and I had kids, one of the most common things that people would say to us is travel now before you have kids because once you have them, you won't be able to. The first time I heard that, I sort of brushed it off. Um, Travel was and is such a huge important part of my life and who I am. And so I thought, surely that's not true, right? But eventually I'd heard that same phrase enough times from enough different people that I started to get scared. I thought, did I really have to turn my passport in the day I became a mom? But like the answer was yes. And then what would becoming a mom mean for the other dreams I had for my life? Would I have to give those up too? Friends, I wrestled with this question for, no joke, years. Years, actual years. And in so many ways, I felt like I had to choose between being myself and being a mom. And I just did not know how to make that decision. Well, finally, I learned that this isn't actually true. You can still be yourself and pursue your dreams, and yes, even travel after you have kids. And the way that I found this out was through the example of other women who are going before me. That's why I'm so excited to share this episode with you. Our guest for today's episode is my new friend, Lindsay Roman. Lindsay is an educator, a speaker, a photographer, a wife, and a mom of two with one more on the way. And she actually had a lot of the same fears about motherhood that I did. We talk about all of that in this episode and we talk about how we got through those fears and we got through those fears because actually we, as we we're recording this episode, Lindsay was in Spain with her family, with her two littles um, and we spend a ton of time in this episode talking about how to travel with your family and what that's looked like for her. This was such a fun conversation, but it's also one that would have brought me so much peace and encouragement if I'd been able to hear it a few years ago. And so if any of y'all are wrestling with the same things that I was, I hope it does exactly that for you. All right, you ready? Let's jump into today's episode. Here's my conversation with Lindsay. All right, friends. I am so excited about the conversation that we have today. I'm sitting
1: here with my newish friend, Lindsay Roman. Lindsay, thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh my gosh. We had you on our show a couple of weeks ago. Well, it aired a couple of weeks ago and we are so excited. And so thank you for having me on. Uh, I know Eddie was supposed to be here, but her sister's in labor. So we're going to make this work uh, and we are so excited. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you.
0: I'm so glad to have you here. When we, when I got to be on your show, it was such an honor. And um, with the three of us are talking and I'm like, how are we not friends? Literally. Like, how is this? How is, how have we gone on so long in the world without knowing each other? We're and like so I'm so glad that we're like collecting. Now, or
1: like we like we, yes. we, we are so similar in so many ways and we're doing very similar uh-huh. things in different industries. Yeah. And it's just like, why have we not met before?
0: Yeah. It truly was like, what in the world is happening here? And I'm so glad that this is finally, I'm so glad we finally know each other. Uh, But yeah, so we were supposed to have Evie on the show as well. We were going to do a conversation, the three of us, um, but we're going to reschedule that because obviously she has way better things to be doing right now. Um, But we kind of called an audible just the last, you know, in the last like couple hours because you're doing something right now that is, to say that it's on my bucket list is like, it's not even on my bucket list. It's on my like, My life has to include this as often as possible. So. I don't know what you call that. So anyway, before we get into all that, tell us who you are, what you do,
1: and a fun fact. Absolutely. Well, my name is Lindsay Roman. I am a business educator for photographers and creative business owners. I'm also a photographer myself. I do weddings and elopements, and I am a mama of two little girls. I am a Christian. I am a wife. I am a basket case and an extrovert, (laughs) all the things. Uh, Did I answer all the questions? Oh wait, What what was the last one? Fun fun fact. Oh, a fun fact. Uh I am a theater nerd. I did theater in high school and went on to major in acting in college. But I went to Kansas, like K U. So it like it uh-huh. wasn't like I was, you know, at like an acting conservatory or anything. But it's just funny that now I'm an entrepreneur and I feel like with reels and video, like I feel like I'm using my acting to like in my current career. It's funny. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. That's
0: my uh, degree is in broadcast journalism. And there was a long time where I was like, well, I've abandoned this. I'm never going to use any of these skills. And then I'm like, okay, I use them all the time. Yep, yep. I just totally didn't like, thanks God for like bringing this all the way back around. Um, I need to know what your a favorite, like, are you a play person? Are you a musical
1: person? Okay. Do you have a favorite? I love watching musicals, but I... I I almost want to say I can't sing a tune, but that's not true. Like, if it's in my key, I can kind of sing. But I am, like, not the kind of person that's going to get casted as the lead for a musical just because, like, I can't do that. But I got casted in the leads for the plays. So that tells you, like, I'm good at acting, but, like, not so good at... Like, I'd be in the chorus for a musical. So, (laughs) but as far as, like, watching them, I will absolutely watch musicals all day. But, like, for being in them, I think I mostly straight play. Do you have like a favorite oh. musical? Okay, a favorite musical? Oh, gosh. Oh, okay. Wait, I, I thought that— mm, Okay, I'm like, oh, this is know, like so much question. pressure. Wait, a favorite musical? I really liked Legally Blonde. I know that that's like lame because it's a movie and it's not like an original musical, but I really liked that one.
0: I mean, I love Legally Blonde, the movie. I, I love know. it. I haven't,
1: haven't, haven't seen the the musical yet, though. That's off the top of my head. That's the first one that's coming to mind, which I know that there's like a five million. No, Wicked. That's also stereotypical, but whatever. <laughs> I'm <laughs> from Kansas, so I have to say that, right?
0: Wicked's so good. Yeah. Wicked is so good. Okay. All right. We could talk about this forever. Um, But what I really, really want to talk to you about is you are currently in Spain. Yes. Which... The women who have been part of our community for a while are like, Stephanie's heart is jumping out of her chest. If I anybody's love... watching
1: this on video though, like you, you can tell, I tried so hard to make this setup as aesthetic as Stephanie's, but it's 7 p.m. in Spain right now. I'm in an Airbnb on who knows what Wi-Fi, so we're making it work.
0: <laughs> uh-huh. We sound great, which is like, I mean, really right. impressive. My, really my impressive Wi-Fi.
1: husband took the kids to the store or the market. I don't know where they went, but it's, it's working. Yep. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's so good. It's so good. We're just we're just making it work. Well, so I my whole life changed in Spain. I've I've been to Spain several times. I became a Christian in Spain. Um, my what? first book is all about Spain. Yeah, it's like it is. My heart lives there. Oh my gosh, I love um, that. Wait, where? Oh, so, I, I would. Just, you probably have like been all over. Um, I mean, a million places, but my my main place is Sevilla. Okay, okay, and we didn't go there unfortunately.
1: We'll have it's to okay. come back.
0: It's okay. <laughs> yeah, you'll have to come back. But um. So that's kind of one piece of why I'm so excited. I mean, I've been like following your journey on Instagram, you
1: know, over the last, how long have you guys been there? Like 10 days. This this is, we leave for the airport tomorrow morning. So you were catching me on like last day. I am fresh, ready to tell all. Ready to talk about this? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes.
0: Well, and so then the other piece that I feel like is important to kind of set up why I wanted to talk about this is, so travel is a really, really important part of my life, my story, my heart, my faith. And when we were starting to talk about having kids, the, the number one thing people said to us was travel now because you won't be able to when you have kids. I literally hate that so and much. And so I just like, I, I roll it. my eyes at people that say that. It, it, it honestly, it, to me, what that told me was you can't be yourself and be a mom. Yep. You cannot have the things that are important to you and be a mom. So you need to pick. You need to pick between basically like the things that light your soul on fire and having children. And that's a really terrible thing to pit against each other, especially because it's not true. Um, You are like
1: speaking my language. Like I literally believe every single one of those lies. Like when I... Became like a woman and became a woman. Like when I was in college as a young adult, I never wanted kids for that literal exact reason that you're saying is like, I I just assumed that they were dream crushers and I wanted to like go off and, and have wild adventures and live travel dreams and be an actress, hence the acting. But like all right. these things and I was just like, oh, the second you have kids, you can no longer do that. And you become a suburban mom that drives a minivan. <laughs> like, it literally- the no okay, We are suburban moms that drive minivans.
0: It's, But it's like, it, it felt to me like you just get funneled into a life without without your choice. Like you don't get to choose. Yeah. And that was what was so paralyzing to me. And so, yeah, it, I mean, it took us a really long time to decide to have kids. And so much of it was because I was like, yeah, are, are kids dream crushers? Like, do you still get to do the things you want to do, like travel or like, you know, own a business or write a book or, you know, just like, can you still have big dreams and have kids? Yeah. Um, that should honestly probably be the title of this. Uh, episode um but so when i saw that you're traveling with your kids that's something that we haven't really gotten to do a ton of yet i mean we have and and actually you probably do too we have like covid babies yep and so that's part of it and then we had twins so we just got our
1: butts kicked oh. and so like Twitty we're like just like catching our breath how bread. you did that cuz like i look at like twin moms and i'm like literally how <laughs> i mean it was wild uh so
0: but we're so we're now coming out to the other side we So all that to say, we haven't done a ton of traveling with the girls yet, but we're getting to a place where we're like, okay, I think we could probably do this, which is why I'm like, Lindsay, tell me literally everything about what you're doing. So I want to hear like, how, where did this come from? Like how, or I guess, how did you go from being someone who thought that kids were a dream crusher to being someone who is living
1: out a piece of your dreams with your kids? Well, I like that that's the first question also, because I feel like before we even get to like the Spain talk... We kind of have to back up, but like I I, t- I shared a little bit of just like hey I was I was under the impression the lie that I would say that just cr- kids crush your dream totally on that board. And then when I started dating my husband, he loves children. God bless him. He's just like the kind that he's like I want twelve. Like our first date, he was like I want twelve, and I was like yikes I want zero. And every time I said <laughs> I want zero, it wasn't true. Like it, you know like when you exaggerate things and you're just like yeah whatever. I, I would say zero, but like if somebody actually truly asked me, if I sat down and really thought about my life in 10 years, I always had this mental image of like me with, I don't know how, I don't know the number of kids, but like uh, more than two (laughs) and uh, just like in this apple orchard and like having like adventures. So I had that Mm -hmm. dream, but just like seeing the world around me and like, believing the lies that culture tells you of like, oh, motherhood ruins your dreams. It ruins your life. I just totally believe that. And that just told me, okay, I just don't want kids. I want to do a career. I want to be a girl boss or whatever the heck. Like I just wanted to live a big flashy life. Um, And while there's nothing I think wrong with having dreams and wanting to live like a big life on the other side, now that I am a mom to two girls and I am pregnant with one on the way due in February... (sighs) Oh my gosh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so also traveling pregnant, that's a whole other, we'll get there. Oh my, <laughs> bless you. Okay, keep going. Um, I just like, I have, I just want to go back to my younger self and like slap her, like kindly slap her, like in the mm-hmm. in the best way and just be like, wake up. There is so much more life and joy on the other side of that big, just fear block that that you're limiting your life by. And it's not to say that like, every single person has to have kids or every single woman like that has to be their undying goal but if you're letting yourself like believe the lie out of fear and you're not actually like living the life that God called you to like that's that's where my heart is just because I was that girl and now that I'm on the other side I just children are the best thing that has ever happened to me and I love mm. being a mom and I I don't look at it now as um like, oh, my life has, I mean, yes, my life has absolutely changed, but it's less about like, oh, they're dream crushers and more like, hey, now I get to go on the adventure that I was already living and it becomes more wild and beautiful. And I get to bring them along and show them the world and show them what I'm doing and show them that they can do big dreams just like I am at the same time. And obviously it's much harder. It takes longer. There's annoyances, all the things, but it's so, so worth it.
0: I love that because it's like you you there's not the, and this is something I've been coming back to again and again and again. So everyone's going to be hearing about this a lot especially over the next year. Um but there's just not one right way to do things. Yeah. Like you don't you don't have to be a mom. If you don't want to be a mom, don't be a mom. Like if you want to have a minivan, have a minivan. Several most of my friends at this actually almost all I think all of my friends that have kids have minivans at this point. And they're like, Stephanie is just smart. I'm
1: really trying to hold on to, like, when we have the, we have a Subaru right now. And once the third baby comes, that's not going to work. And I'm, we're in this season where I'm like, give me like, a suburban, give me something else. I, I'm
0: trying mm-hmm. to hold on really hard. And
1: Andrew's like, I know. Van, Van. <laughs> it's, they're like,
0: they're like, you'll rent one on a vacation one time and you'll be like, oh, this is so nice. <laughs> so anyway, so I think, I think they probably have the right idea. Um, But so if, if you, if you want to have 12 kids, like if that's like what makes you excited about life, if that's what you feel like you're, if that's a way you feel gifted, um, if that's, yeah, like what God has for you in your life, then that's amazing. But if he, if, if, you don't want to have any kids. You can also do that. So you get to, you get to decide so much of this, to a degree. Where you know, like for me, I learned the hard way that you don't just get to be like, I want to have kids, and like, boom, you get to have them. Right. Um. So that's, but that's a whole other thing. Um. But I, I love that you're saying that, like, you were held back by a fear that wasn't true. Yeah. And that's, and the idea that there is like no joy on the other side of having kids or no adventure on the other side of having kids just was it true. And I, I think that we, when we're embark, when we're about to embark on something really big, my sister and I have talked about this. W- when you're about to do something really big and really new, you don't know what you're about to get because you've never experienced that before. Yeah. And people can describe it to you, but you can't fully like grasp it. What you know is what you're giving up. And so it's really hard to take that leap when you know what you're potentially leaving behind, yeah. but you don't really totally know what it's gonna feel like to embrace a new thing. And that's just a really hard
1: like leap to make. Oh, that's so true. Well, I think also in kind of taking that leap and, and saying like, no, I'm going to do it even though it's unknown, even though I, I don't know what to expect, even though it is scary and I don't know what my life will look like. I mean, because it's also like it's a life, it's a drastic life change. But I think so much of it is mindset. Like if you have kids, they they could ruin your life if that's your perspective. If you view them as terrors or trolls or whatever, like then yes, like that will be your life. But I think so much of it is perspective and inviting like joy into your life through your kids and really viewing them as blessings that God has given you as like, just like a way to get closer to him as a way to like, just be closer to the heart of the father. Like I can go off. Um, but like, it, I think it's so much about perspective too.
0: Yeah. So how did you guys like tell me a little bit more about the transition between like I want to have zero kids because they're, you know, dream ruiners and like how did you kind of cross that that gap between I guess taking the leap and then
1: oh, well let's start there. How did you how did you like Decide to, to take that lead. Totally. Uh, the Lord, uh, 1 million percent, <laughs> had to just like slap me and convict me. And then we moved to Hawaii for a time. Um, my husband was in the Coast Guard. And so that's what moved us to Hawaii. And I became friends with a girl on the island. Her name is Sina Nelson. And she, at the time that I met her, had two girls and was pregnant with a third. That's ironically like very close to where I am right now. Um, yeah. And no, that's literally where I am right now. Um, and Something about like the way that she did life, like kids in hand, but like still living her dreams, still like having fun on the island, getting outside every day with their kids with their kids, and just the way that she would like put them to bed and then we would play Catan. Like, I, I don't know. Maybe I just wasn't around uh, like moms like that before. I don't know what it was. It was honestly the Lord like using her in my life. But I was just like, oh, like being a mom is fun. Like- That's Mm. not awful at all. Um, And I I truly think the Lord used her as just an example in my life in that season. And so I remember, this is like the bratty side of me coming out, but uh, I think Andrew was kind of more like, I think it's time that, like, I think this was three years into marriage. He said, I think we should take the IUD out. I think we should start like having kids or at least trying or not preventing it. Um, And I was just being such a brat. I was like, I won't make the appointment. You call to make the appointment. Like I was just being stupid. Because again, I was holding on to that fear. Like I saw something that I liked even in Sina's life. And, but it's just when you're wrapped up in so much fear, it like uncoiling that fear is a process. And it's almost like you're trying to hold on to what you have before you step into the unknown, even though the unknown, like the Lord has so much amazingness on the other side of your fear, on the other side of the unknown. If you would just trust him and literally give your life up to him and, and trust that his will for your life is bigger your own vision for it. So that's what I did. It was a slow uncoiling process. So that's kind of to answer your question: how we how we got that. And then literally, apparently, I'm a fertile myrtle is because it literally happened like n- the next month. So oh, <laughs> the Lord was like, here you go.
0: <laughs> that's um that's one of the things that I'm like so passionate about talking about when it comes to trying to have kids, is the fact that you know i think a lot of times people will compare stories and they'll be like oh well you know i can't tell you that it was hard like you know it took right. it you know it took me a while to get pregnant and it was it was pretty hard for us um and so like to say you know it's hard to just get pregnant right away is like feels insensitive right but it's but it's it's the whole thing is hard and confusing either way. Like to think that you have time to think, like, well, it takes on average, you know, I don't know, six to eight months or right. something like that. It could take a while and then it happens immediately. It's like, it feels like you were sort of robbed of that six to eight months. Totally. And it just, you're blindsided totally. at the same time. If you think, I think this is going to happen right away and it doesn't, like that's really heartbreaking. Yeah. So it's just, it's just tricky all around. Absolutely. 100%. 100%. So how did you like, Bringing back this, like these dreams. How did you guys end up going to Spain? Is this the first time that you guys have traveled with your kid? How old are they? First, Let so start yeah, there. no,
1: COVID babies one hundred percent. So Eloise, our oldest, is three with three and a half. She was born in June of twenty nineteen, so not quite okay. a COVID baby, but <laughs> she was born in June. We lived in Hawaii, so immediately we got her a passport, planning to go. I think to London in Christmas of 2019. And then for some, like we just felt bad about family, leaving family. So we were like, no, let's not do that. And then we planned a London trip for April, 2020. We all know that that clearly didn't happen. Um, And so she's three and a half. And then Annalise, my youngest, she's one. We got her a passport immediately after she got uh, born. She was born. Um, And to this day, until now, we literally hadn't used either of them. And so there was just this like bitterness of like, we need to use them. But I mean, to back up, like both Andrew and I love traveling. We love visiting national parks. We love going international. When we lived in Hawaii, we went on national or international trips to New Zealand and Switzerland. Um, And so we just love travel. And so that's kind of like a background of we love visiting cultures and things like that. So like when they were born, immediately got the passport so that we would be ready whenever we wanted to. And then obviously COVID hit. So that slowed us down. And just like begrudgingly, we've been waiting for the time to like, okay, let's go, let's go, let's go. We tried to go to Ireland this past May. It didn't work out. Just finances and the timing didn't work. And so finally, we had this window of time for these first two weeks of November. And we were like, okay, November isn't like the most ideal month to travel unless you're going to the South Hemisphere or, or like, you know, uh, where it would be warmer. And we were just trying to balance like ticket prices, where do we want to go? Um, and we we really had our eyes on Europe. But the big, I think, thing with traveling in the winter, I mean, November is, you know, the winter, uh, is like a 3 p.m. sunset, which cuts your travel like tour time in half. Um, oh. And so we really wanted to go to like either France or Ireland. That was like our thought process. And I think that was more just because we wanted to go to Ireland in May. And we also, side note, brought Andrew's mom with us. So Andrew's mom is with us here, which is like a whole, it makes okay. it fun. It Well, obviously she's incredible, she's fun, but it makes it more of a like, fun, you'll see when I okay. explain this. But um, And so we were trying to think of a place that like would just work for November weather, um, but also wasn't in the, like we almost went to like Peru, <laughs> but- Prices for Spain were cheap. And we've always loved Europe. And I have been to Barcelona when I studied abroad in England back in 2013. And I loved it, even though that's just like one part of Spain. I, I just absolutely love Spain so much. And so we decided Spain, it wasn't the worst temperature. It was like 60 to 75. And we're like, yes, mm-hmm. let's do that. Um, the, the plane tickets were cheap. And it just felt like a good time, especially November's off season for Spain. And so that's kind of the what what got us to decide to go here and now. Um, So that's that's what happened. And then we just went. And then I'm sure you'll have other questions on how all the logistics. (laughs) Yes, yes.
0: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Does anyone else feel like they could use more time in the day? There are things you want to accomplish, places you want to go, people you want to connect with, but it feels like you're always falling behind. Something I'm learning recently, well, always, is that none of us can do it all. We all have to figure out what's most important to us, but doing that alone can feel scary and overwhelming. Well, friends, this is one reason why I've come to love therapy. Now tell me if any of this sounds familiar. You're going through something really hard right now, a big loss or a gigantic life transition, You frequently feel anxious, depressed, overwhelmed, or just generally discouraged. You really, really, really want your life circumstances to change, but you don't know how to actually change them. Or you're feeling stuck as you try to work through your past, navigate your present, or figure out your future. Friend, if you can relate to any of this, you're not alone. I've been there and therapy has been the thing that has helped me more than anything else with all of this. In the last 10 years or so, I've learned that strength isn't proving I can do it on my own. It's knowing I don't have to. I am at my strongest when I have a full support system around me, and an essential part of my support system is therapy. Therapy can be absolutely life-changing, that is, if you can afford it and find a therapist you like and trust. But of course, that's easier said than done. And that's why I'm so excited to be partnering with this week's podcast sponsor, Our sponsor for today's episode is BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the easiest and most affordable way I've ever found to find a great therapist. It's entirely online and super easy to sign up. You can get started right away. And if you don't love the therapist you're paired with, switching is easy and it's free. If you're going through something hard in your relationships or if you're in a funk you just can't shake, if you've been feeling anxious or depressed lately, or if you're looking to sort through your priorities this year, BetterHelp is an incredible resource for you. And I'm so thankful that they've given me a promo code that I can share with you to make it even easier to get started. Learn to make time for what's most important with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash friendship today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, help slash friendship. Something you may not know about me is that I'm fairly particular when it comes to fragrances, especially the ones I have in my home. Don't get me wrong, I love lighting candles, but a lot of the ones I've found in stores have overpowering scents and use chemicals that end up giving me a headache. Plus, I learned that the candle industry contributes to a large amount of carbon emissions and toxicity in our air. That's why I've recently made the switch to notes candles which also happens to be today's Girls' Night sponsor. I love Notes because their scents are high quality but don't smell overly sweet or chemically. But what's even more amazing is that they are on a mission to help eliminate single-use candle vessels with their more Earth-friendly option. Did you know that there are almost two billion candles sold each year and almost all of them are likely to end up in landfills for the next one million years? Talk about wasteful. But thankfully, Notes does things differently with their refillable candle system that allows you to use your candle vessels again and again and again. I love this because it's way more sustainable than buying a new candle jar every time you go to the store and you don't have to feel guilty about throwing your old candle jars in the trash. Plus, it's so easy to do and actually really fun. You just place the wick they provide you in your reusable Notes jar Fill it up with their wax beads, light your candle, and enjoy your fragrance for up to 36 hours. Once you're ready for a new candle, you just repeat the same steps. They have 13 incredible fragrances to choose from, which are all handcrafted by fragrance experts at Notes Homebase in South Carolina. I am obsessed with their vanilla and pepperwood scent. It's cozy and warm and perfect for a movie night with your friends. But they also have other amazing fragrances like citrus and fresh basil, pistachio and rose water, and bamboo and water lily. I cannot wait to try one for every new season. Be a responsible consumer while not giving up high quality home fragrance by making the switch to Notes. Make the switch and build a starter kit. Right now, Notes is giving listeners 15% off and free shipping when you buy a note starter kit using code GirlsNight at notescandle dot com slash girls Just use code girls night when placing your order. That's code girlsnight at notescandle dot com slash girls In the last few years, I've prioritized purchasing food products with higher quality ingredients for my family and myself. Products that have more of the real stuff and less of the fake stuff. And it's been so much easier to make that happen since I've found Thrive Market. Thrive Market is my new go-to for buying groceries and household items like vitamins and personal care products. The best part is I can order everything online from my sofa and it's quickly shipped right to my doorstep, saving me so much time. If this is your first time hearing about them, Thrive Market only carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They actually restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, making it so much easier to maintain a healthier lifestyle. You can even use their on-site filters to fit your lifestyle needs. For example, you can look for low sugar alternatives, gluten-free items, or organic kid snacks. They have Annie's, Once Upon a Farm, and Dave's Organic Bread, all staples in our weekly grocery trip. But they also have brands and products I've never heard of, which is awesome because I'm always looking for healthy and delicious things to feed the girls and myself. Thrive Market is not only a one-stop shop for basically everything on my grocery list, but it gave me tons of ideas for products I didn't even know about. And by becoming a Thrive Market member, I save money on all of my grocery orders. Along with saving money, you're also helping a family in need with Thrive Market's one-for-one membership matching program. So if you join, they give. Friends, I seriously look forward to my Thrive Market box every time. They have an incredible product selection with brands that are better for you and for the planet. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order, plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com girlsnight for 30% off your first order, plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com girlsnight. thrivemarket.com girlsnight. Hey friends, I wanted to take a quick pause for my conversation with Lindsay to thank our sponsor for today. Our sponsor for today's episode is an amazing company called Prose. Now, most of you have probably heard me sing the praises of Prose, the world's most personalized hair care, but for those who haven't, I wanted to tell you about the incredible results I've been seeing since using my customized Prose products. Prose has given over 1 million consultations with their hair quiz, and that's how the process started for me. The quiz was so much fun. It felt like one of those magazine quizzes I used to love. It was easy, but also in depth. They asked me so many questions that I wouldn't have thought to answer, like how much does your hair shed or is your hair oily at the ends or just near your scalp? I did the hair quiz and I placed my order and just a few days later, the package showed up on my doorstep. I have a pre-shampoo mask, shampoo, and conditioner. I've been using these products for a while now and it's made such a difference. My hair feels silky and soft and looks even shinier. And the other thing I really like is that you can continuously customize your formula. They'll help you tweak things depending on your lifestyle changes or even changes in the weather. Proz is also focused on providing clean and responsible products. Every product is free of parabens, sulfates, phthalates, mineral oils, GMOs, and is always cruelty-free. Also, if you're not 100% positive that Proz is the best hair care you've ever had, they will take the products back, no questions asked. But I have a feeling that won't be an issue for you. Friends, Pros is the healthy hair regimen with your name all over it. Take your free in-depth hair quiz and get 15% off your first order today. All you have to do is go to pros.com slash girls night. That's pros dot com slash girls night for your free in-depth hair quiz and 15% off. Pros, thank you so much for sponsoring our girls night. We just love having you. So we've taken, we have taken the girls, we took the girls to Mexico this time last year and it was awesome. And we, we went with my best friend's family um, and a couple other dear friend's families. And we just went to like an all-inclusive resort in Mexico. And I like totally understand why families do that now. It is awesome. Like it is, they just feed you and take care of you. I mean, we, we did that a little bit growing up, but like being the mom, I was like, this is a great way to be a parent. Like I could actually realize, it was, it was great. Um, so, but we haven't done much other than that with the girls. Like, we haven't done any other international trips. What in the world was it like taking your three and a half year old and one year old on an airplane across the ocean?
1: Yeah. So, I was a little <laughs> nervous. So, Anna, um, she's one and she was born like in, in October of 2021. So, she hasn't really, I think she's been on one plane in her life to Nashville. And so, it, it like that. Didn't count. And like, you know, that's the very different than across the ocean. So she was like the one I was worried about. Eloise flew a ton when she was little because we went a lot of places kind of before COVID hit and then a little bit when COVID hit. Um, and so, but, but even still, we had like a two-year gap from when she was a baby flying all over to now she's three and like cognitively aware. So it almost felt like her first flight in a way because she was like, whoa, we're going up in this... Like she could talk and like, you know, verbalize things. So... I don't know. I didn't know what to expect. We just, uh, we got some like toys. We're also a screen-free family. So that also, I think definitely adds to the mix of how we were able to do this. And it just, it adds a whole other ball game. And so that's just for anybody that doesn't mm-hmm. know me or my family. We don't have a TV in our house. That's a personal choice. But we got mm-hmm. like some Montessori toys for the plane. But the ride there was overnight. So I got toys, but I was like, You're, you need to sleep. <laughs> like, uh, that's the main thing. So, the first flight was just to like, uh, we live in Florida. So we went from Jacksonville to Philadelphia, I think, which is just like, you know, a two hour flight, whatever. We can do that. And so then once we booked or once we boarded the flight to Madrid, that's where I was like, okay, what are we going to do? Like, it, this is an overnight flight. So we, we, I have to give credit to my husband. He is literally like the baby whisperer. Um, but the other thing I will say is he's really good. He just told Eloise, he was like, I, okay, it's bedtime. We're, this is where we're sleeping. <laughs> You're gonna, here's your blanket, curl up in the corner, close your eyes, get comfy, go to sleep. Um, and that worked. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's, um, she's genuinely good, but like, I mean, it didn't work immediately, I will say. But like, you know, she she eventually fell asleep. Annalise, on the other hand, we slept trained her pretty well. So she can fall asleep in her crib like that, um, which is really good until you, are in a plane. So basically, for the first like 30 minutes after the flight, Andrew tried to put her to sleep, just like curled up against him and she was screaming her head off. And finally, after 30 minutes, she fell asleep and she stayed asleep probably like two hours and then she woke up again when they like turned, like they made an announcement or whatever they do, you know. And uh, it was it was like a little bit more screams. Overall, they both roughly slept the whole ride. Like Eloise did the whole, literally the whole plane. Um, But Anna was like off and on. But... Basically, once we got to Madrid, we tried. I mean, it was like nine a.m. by the time we landed Madrid time, and so then we just tried to push through. We brought our stroller so that um, Anna could like sleep in the stroller. Which I mean, I feel like depending on where you are in Spain, like the the streets, we almost regretted bringing the stroller because we were like cobblestone and it's tiny. Um, and we got a Bob yeah. stroller, which is like freaking ginormous. It's like a running stroller, which. Okay. The thought process was like the cobblestones, but also uh-huh. it's ginormous. But anyway, she so was able, just driving like a small bus. Literally, like, literally. Yeah. Like we looked like such tourists anyways. But <laughs> so she was able, once we got off the plane to like kind of sleep in her um, stroller. Mm-hmm. But we tried to stay awake the whole time until 3 p.m. hit when our Airbnb let us in. So like that's like the rough, like you just, when you see people and and you they look dead to the world. You Oh, you just got off a of red eye. Yep, I see you. Like, mm-hmm. There was mm-hmm. a look. Yeah. Um, yeah. And by the time we got into our Airbnb at three, we put the girls down for a nap. I took a nap because I was like pregnant and dead. Like I was like, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. But we intentionally then woke up, I think after like an hour and a half, just because otherwise we knew we would sleep through the entire night and then our schedule would be completely off. So we woke up after an hour and a half and then went out to dinner at like six, which is still kind of early for Spain. Obviously, you probably know that. Um, But, and then we went to bed. And then from there, we got on like a pretty good rhythm after that. Like that first day was just like the rough day. So
0: you guys, I mean, okay, that's amazing. I'm amazed that they slept the whole, like, I just, I mean, my girls are really good sleepers. I just can't picture, I've just never
1: seen them like sleep sitting up. You know, yeah. like it was, it, I mean, it was, uh, it was rough. I, mean, I don't want to like say it was perfect. Eloise literally was asleep the whole time. So she was an angel. But Anna was, was uh, like, yeah. up. I mean, cause like even I, like we did not sleep hardly at all. Cause even think about like when you go on a red eye, you barely get any good sleep. And now imagine you're trying to hold a child and not make the child wake up. So it's like you sacrifice your sleep for that.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it was a
1: little rough for us. But once we got that nap and then like the first full night of sleep, it just, it got a lot better. You just got to push that the first day.
0: Yes. Well, and I mean, that's true whether you have kids or not. Like that first day stinks for everybody. Yes, 100%. What what have you guys been doing while you're there? Like what has your itinerary been? And, you know, what kinds of things have you been doing? You know, like have you, have there been things that you're like, I would love to do that, but I can't because the kids are here. Have there been enough things that they can do to make it like worthwhile?
1: Totally. So this part is like, Th- this was a semi last minute trip, not, not not like super last minute, but we booked our flights like mid-October, so not that long ago. Um, yeah. And we did research to do a couple of things. So we, basically, we flew into Madrid and then did Madrid for a couple of days, went to Granada for a few days, and then went to um, Alicante for a few days. Um, and then now we're back in Madrid, ready to fly home. So we only did three. We, we researched and we were like, okay, we're here for 10 days. Let's not do any more than three towns. We don't want to go crazy. And I... On the end of this, I almost would have said maybe just two. Like, I think that would have maybe been a little more relaxing. Um, Mm -hmm. But we didn't really plan like a ton of like excursions beforehand, which I I think I actually enjoy that because it allowed us to have a little bit more of a relaxed trip, which with kids, I don't want like a crazy itinerary. I don't want to be going from thing to thing to thing. But as a traveler, I think if it were just Andrew and I, I think we would have like went to the Sierra Nevada like National Park Mountains, but we also didn't rent a car. So that's another thing is we didn't rent a car because we didn't want to have to lug a car seat everywhere. Um, And Andrew researched it. Basically, you need a car seat if you're in a car, but you don't need a car seat for buses or taxis. And so if we were like, okay, let's just mostly tour cities or towns that we could still get around with either walking or a taxi. That way, I just, I feel like, I just, I hate the idea of like lugging around so much stuff, especially as like my, our family grows. Like, so we packed light um, and we didn't bring a pack and play at all. We just booked Airbnbs that had cribs. So literally like Eloise can sleep in like a twin bed or honestly on a cushion on the floor. She's fine. Um, Yeah. (laughs) And so literally we, we tried to pack light and and, and travel in a way that allowed us not to bring like a pack and play, a car seat, like all these things. And honestly, the Mm -hmm. stroller, we're like, I mean, it's nice sometimes, but we brought a carrier so that we could hold her, um, and that's been a little bit more helpful, I think, than a stroller. But and so, w- literally, we were just like, let's just go to Madrid. But we didn't have any idea of like what in Madrid we would do. Um, and so the first day we were there, it was raining. So we were like, well, clearly a museum that makes the most sense. Mm-hmm. And like, what else are you going to do in like a major metropolis like town in Europe? Go to a museum. Um, right. And so we went to the Prado. I think it's called the Prado Museum. Um yeah. And that was fun on the first day. But literally, like, I don't know. I think most... The biggest thing that we knew we wanted to do was go to the Alhambra in Granada. We, like, mm-hmm. asked other people that had been to Spain and they said absolutely that. If you Google it, that's, like, mm-hmm. the number one thing. Not the number one, but maybe, like, one of the top things it's to high. see. It, yeah. Um. And so that was, like, the one thing we wanted to do. So that was the main thing. I will say, though, that's, like, the one thing that me and Andrew have thought about on this trip. You're getting, like, my fresh, like... I'm so glad. I love this. Yes. Well, so we, I think my pregnancy has to do with this because I'm like hormonal and I have expectations of what it looks like to frolic around Europe and then especially frolic around Europe with your family and have it look a certain way and take Instagram photos, right? Which is so stupid. Like, but all, that's a reality as like a millennial woman, like that is on the internet. I, I like, I, ha- I have these expectations where I want it to look a certain way. And, and I almost don't realize I have those expectations, but I have them. And then I don't so we, we've been doing things and we haven't actually done like a ton of like excursions. Like we saw the Alhambra, we went to Alicante mostly because there was a an island out like Alicante is on the south. Southern coast on the Mediterranean. And there was this island, like uh, like an hour boat right away that had a lighthouse on it. And Andrew's mom came with us and she loves lighthouses. So that was the thought of like, hey, let's go to Alicante. It's November. So that'll be the warmest it will be, you know, in Spain. Mm-hmm. Um, and by the time we got there, we didn't again do a ton of research beforehand. And we realized that the only day that we could go was, <laughs> this, is, this is a whole thing. The only day we could go was Tuesday. Tuesday was the day that uh, the Taylor Swift... Pre sale tickets were going a lot. And so obviously, I'm a Taylor Swift fan. So I, I, we fought a lot. It's great. Um, no, I need to know, did you get tickets? Because I definitely did not. I, we did, but it wasn't actually me that got it. It was my friend. I had her get approved to, well, I mean, her applied to get approved. So we were trying yeah. for two different days for Tampa. And, but I just felt so bad because I'm like, I, we're literally on vacation in Spain. Literally first world problems. I'm just trying to sit here in the Airbnb trying to get Taylor Swift tickets. But anyways, we couldn't go to the island on that day. And that was the only day that the boat ride went. So then literally, it felt like we just went to Alicante, which is such a beautiful town. And I think it would have been more better in the summer when it's hotter and you could actually like Mm -hmm. enjoy the tropical uh, ocean. But it was still nice to be there off season. The food was incredible. But it just, there was the things that we did on this trip that I think it would have been maybe a little bit better to go and have like with more of a plan. We did a very free spirited trip, which I think is really nice for kids because you don't want to overpack your schedule. But at the same time, it almost feels like, okay, if you're going to spend this money and go across the ocean, you want to maximize it to the most. And so we're trying to fight this balance of like not having every single day be like full of stuff, but then not just having every single day be like walk around town and eat. So, so mm-hmm. it's like we've kind of been doing both of those things where it's like we'll visit a like castle or we'll visit old ruins, but then other days we'll literally just like walk around sise and eat. But like mm-hmm. honestly, the food's great, so i don't I don't hate it. But yeah, so that's what we've done. We around and eating is like basically why I go. So oh, literally yeah. it's so good. It's so good. And the restaurant, I mean, we've ate out for almost every single meal other than a couple of lunches, and our girls have done incredible, especially with the tapa style of just like continual food. Uh, it's been mm-hmm. great. I love that. I love that. So, I mean, we we got, before we got married,
0: or I mean, before we had kids, we got the like, you know, travel now because you won't be able to once your kids are here. But then now we get like, why would you take them? Like,
1: don't, they're because young. they're not going to remember it. Yeah. What, like, what do you have to say about that? I get that to an extent if they're like, Young, yeah, but I mean, on as one, she's not 100%, 1 million percent not going to remember this trip. And I'm okay with that because I think I look at it more so as this is the culture of our family. This is the style of a family that we want to be. We want to be an adventurous family. We want to be a family that gives our girls experiences and invites them into different cultures, even when they're young, because I think there's going to be something of that that they're going to remember. Eloise is three, like. I've talked to a couple people that still remember things when they're three. So like, I'm hoping like, especially for a formative moment like this, that she'll remember it. Um, Mm -hmm. And I don't know, it just like, I I have videos, I have photos that we can show them as they're older. So like, I get get to an extent that yes, like same concept of like, why people don't like go to Disney World, like when with a two-year-old, like, okay, it's fun in the moment, but you know, why are they gonna, they're not gonna remember anything. But I think it's just more so, especially for an international trip, that's just the kind of family that we wanted to be, and we wanted to give ourselves practice. Like we have another one on the way, and uh, we we st- we don't want to stop traveling and stop exploring the world with our kids, whether that's international or whether that's just down the street or to a national park in the U.S. We just wanted to give ourselves practice and also give the kids practice in in you know doing fun things and being adventurous, and even I will say having practice at like we've ate out almost every single meal on this trip. And like, I feel like most kids at a restaurant don't typically do well. And our girls have been incredible because like they're engaged in what we're doing. They're eating the food. Obviously, we're trying to order things that they would like, but (laughs) they're eating the food or like we're giving them like a little book to read. And I think it's more of the experience. Like I got Eloise to say gracias and I was like, I'm the best mom. Like (laughs) she doesn't understand Mm -hmm. why like she can't understand people. (laughs) I'm just like, uh-huh. just say gracias. Okay, great. Thanks. <laughs>
0: uh-huh. Vivian, muy bien, muy in. Bien. Yeah. I, I love that so much. I You know, that's really what we've always said. We want to be true about our family too. And we are are still kind of figuring out what that looks like. And it's, it's required some patience for me because like I want to be traveling all the time. Yeah. And, but I do think that it's been growing in a good way for me to be like, there are seasons for different things. Totally. And right now, like we're focusing on, you know, other things have been priorities. Like we, you know, we've been working on different things and then, you know, just kind of getting settled into our family life and what does this look like? And so I think that the amount that we've traveled and haven't traveled has been right for us. And and I and has been good for good for me to like yeah. take a beat take a breath and, and realize that there are some, like, there just are seasons for different things. A hundred percent. But I, I love, love, love that you guys did this. And, and I feel like when we see, I think it's just a really powerful thing. Like you said about your friend in Hawaii to get to see different women making different kinds of choices and different families living in different ways to know that like, there are different, options for you. Like you can, you can make this look like you. Um, And that's just something that's been like super freeing for me. So anyway, just getting to watch you do this has been so encouraging and inspiring. It just flies in the face of all the things that people told me and you for years that like, you can't travel when you have kids and you're doing it and they're young and you're still doing it. And so, I mean, like if you, if you could go back and tell yourself something. I want to know, like, as you're preparing for this trip, if you could go back and tell yourself something or like do something differently, what would it be? and then I'd love to hear what you'd go back and tell yourself when you were afraid that kids were going to be a dream crusher. so let's start that let's start with um like if you could do something if you could go back and give yourself some advice about this trip or traveling overseas with kids, what would it be?
1: Oh, that's so good. I feel like the if I can go back before this trip, I would honestly have more communication with Andrew, which doesn't almost even have to do anything with it. Like the kids have been like amazing. Not that we haven't been amazing, but I feel like the unmet expectations of like me wanting to take photos or do an excursion versus just like the, the if something like, like the boat ride to the island with the, lighthouse didn't work out. There was just like unmet expectations. And then we felt like we just like went to a town just to walk around. But our kids have been so flexible and go with the flow that it almost has been awesome to do that and like not to have, like I said, things packed schedule to schedule. So I would almost say before this trip, I would go tell myself to understand any expectation that you have before going and verbalize those. Even if you don't understand them yourself, like... Think about them because I had again. Maybe it's pregnancy talking, like hormones, but I had expectations of what a, a European trip with children would look like, and it it didn't necessarily be that well. Well, it's been amazing and like no absolute no regrets. But it there's it's just been like you have different expectations, right, of, of what it looks like. And so yeah, before this trip, I'd be like talk it through. What it what is the day going to look like? Do you want to like stop? On a cobblestone road for photos, like let's talk about that, and just like kind of process your expectations, especially with your spouse. I feel like it can be so helpful before a trip, um, and then also balancing kids into the mix. So I think it's mostly communication. That's like the biggest thing that I've learned, and that I'm excited yes. to work with Andrew on for future trips, just because this has been such a beautiful trip in in the sense that it we've learned a lot because it's really the first trip that we've done with both girls international. We've gone to Utah road trip but like flying like this long doing something in a different country this is the first time and so it's been a lot of learning um, but I would just yeah. say to like take it slow and don't be afraid or or upset if you are taking it slow and if the only thing you do that day is to walk around a town and eat that's okay um, and give yourself yeah. grace because I think there is that pressure like oh you go to Europe or you fly across an ocean and you have to just like pack your schedule but often like that's just gonna be crazy with kids anyway so I think that's the thing I would say and then to younger me I would say like your attitude or your, your the way that you view your life is absolutely everything. You can choose to make motherhood the worst thing ever. And it's all in your attitude. You can choose to view your kids as hellions. That's all in your attitude, right? Like, and so the flip side of that is kids don't crush your dreams, but it's all in how you look at them. Um, if you look at them like they are the blessings that God has given you, then they they will be. If you look at them and you say like, hey, I want to travel and I want you to come with me, then do it. And yes, there might be crying. There might be some squiggles. (laughs) Like not a lot of restaurants in Europe, especially Spain have high chairs. So we've had to hold Anna and she's squirmy, but like shove bread Uh in her face. She'll be fine. Like Mm -hmm. it doesn't look, it might not look like the most romantic thing in the world to go to Europe with your family, but it's so, so worth it for the enrichment and the experience that they're getting, that you're getting. And the fact that you're just like learning and having this experience together as you go. Um, I just, I would not trade anything for this in the world. So yeah, pass Lindsay, have kids, get over your fear. (laughs) It's more than (laughs) worth it. And you're going to smile and love your life on the other side.
0: I love that. I love that. Um, One of the things you know, I told you that Spain is so important to me. And I didn't have a chance to go back for like probably mm, eight to 10 years. I can't remember exactly how long it was. Um, But I finally got to go back and I got to take my husband. And I had absolutely ridiculous expectations for that week that we were in Sevilla. Um, And we... I like. I realized a couple of days in that I just was trying to cram so much into that time. He yep. had to work a little bit while we were there, so we would like spend kind of half the day. Like he'd be in the Airbnb working on something, and I I wish I would have like thought through. You know, what do I want to do while he's yeah like while he's doing that? And so I felt like a little bit held back by that. But then also I felt like this is a chance for me to like, you know, sp- like this is going to be a really cool like experience for me and God, because this is where we met. And like, that's so special. This is where we got to know each other. But then also I felt like I needed to take Instagram worthy photos. And I also felt like I needed to show Carl everything. And I felt like it needed to be the most romantic weekend of our lives. And like, it just was so much. And so about like halfway through the week, I was like, this doesn't feel as fun as I was hoping it would. And it was exactly that. I had to look at my expectations. I stopped sharing photos. I, I mean, I still was taking photos, but I like turned my phone off. Yeah. Um, so it was like, I'm not Instagramming my way through this. Um. This may not be the most, you know, spiritually connected week of, week of my life. And that's okay. Like it just, you, it can't be about everything. Yeah. You can't fit that much into a week. And so deciding like what is going to be the priority, um, and and really thinking through your expectations it just was so helpful Yeah. Um, and well, then I it was like
1: we went to that goes so well with anybody that even if they don't have kids or not like the just like understanding expectations for a trip even not even international just yes. like for a trip in, in general
0: yeah it doesn't it, it can't be like A you know, super Instagram worthy trip and a really disconnected spiritual retreat. Like those two are actually pretty mutually exclusive. Like you're either Instagramming your way through it or you're disconnected. And so you have to decide, like both of those are okay, but you have to decide kind of which one it is. And is it about connecting with the people you're with, or is it about like some solitude and some space for yourself? Like you know, you would just have to kind of think through those things. So anyway, Lindsay, I do not want to take up a second of your time of, of your last night, go eat some dinner. Please eat some croquetas, uh, some tortilla española. Wait,
1: oh, I've croquetas. been calling them croquettes this whole time. Oh my gosh! Oh wow, you just changed. No, that. it's fine. They're, I think no, I think that. I Oh, we've had so many croquetas. of those on this trip, and empanadas. Oh, mm-hmm. sangria, yeah. even on I'm pregnant, I'm just like sipping the sangria. <laughs> yeah, just like a teeny
0: bit. Yeah, yep. uh, yeah. Have some sangria for me. Uh, go eat some tortilla española. Your kids will probably love it if they haven't had it. It's like potato. Egg. It's sort of like a quiche, but like way better. Ooh, okay. Um, Yeah, tortilla espanola. Or it might just be tortilla. Uh, and then, yeah, croquetas and patatas bravas, if you haven't had those. Yes, we have had those. So um, good. Mm-hmm. So good. Yeah. I'm You're gonna, making me hungry. I'm, gonna, yeah. I'm like
1: salad. It's like know, 7.30 make-
0: right now. It's like dinner time. Yes. <laughs> I know, I'm making me hungry. Okay, go have so much fun. Thank you for taking the
1: time to talk with us. And
0: um, thank you for being a trailblazer and showing us that this is possible. Oh my gosh,
1: thank you so much, Stephanie, for having me and just getting the fresh, honest take at the tail end of this trip. I'm so excited just for your listeners to hear this.
0: I love it. I love it. Okay, I'll talk to you soon. Have so much fun. Awesome, bye. (laughs) Bye. Friends, that was our last episode of season 16. I feel like this season flew by, right? But we'll be back early February for season 17, and I'm so excited for the episodes we have in store. Now before we go, I would love it if you would do two quick things. The first is to subscribe. Subscribing to the podcast is the best way to make sure you never miss an episode. It's also a way easier way to listen because it's a way of sort of bookmarking the podcast. You never have to go looking for it again. Your app will just automatically download the next episode when a new one's released. And it'll let you know the second we're back for season 17. The other thing is that it would mean so much to me if you would take just a second to leave a rating and a review for the podcast. The way that iTunes knows to it suggest the podcast to new people is by the ratings and the reviews. That's how we invite new friends to our girls' nights. So would you do me a huge favor and take just a second to leave a rating and a quick comment about how you like the podcast so far? It would help us out so much. And thank you to all of you who've left those beautiful five-star reviews already. I can't tell you how much that means to me. All right, friends, thank you so much again for listening to this episode and for listening to season 16 of the Girls' Night podcast. And I will see you in just a few short weeks for Girls' Night season 17.